right hello everyone this is episode three i'm so excited to be recording another one um it is been a week since my since episode two has been released so i'm hoping to do one god willing every week for y'all um i wanted to say thank you to everyone who constantly shows me love constantly is um supporting the podcast supporting me um, supporting Lush Paper. Just want to say thank you so much for all the love I've been getting in the past couple of weeks, especially when I've started, since I've started this podcast, it's been overwhelmingly amazing. Um, it's a, it's, it's such a big deal for me to get up and to do this every single week. Um, I'm definitely still self-conscious, uh, but I'm just trying to fight through that and gain the confidence and to keep it going. I'm so excited for all that's to come and that I get to share with you every week um, something new and what I'm going through. Um, if you're not following me already, I'm on um, on Instagram and Facebook as Lush Paper. So that's at Lush Paper. And for my Etsy shop, um also at Lush Paper Design, um, and I just follow me for um, homemade decor and all of my boss mom life. I have pictures on there with my kids, and also I um, post um, every other day. Evolve with Nicolette post, so please follow the hashtag. Um, so now on with the show. Uh, so I've been. I've been, I feel like I've been doing mentally so much better since I started the podcast because this is like my own form of therapy. Um, You know, I'm basically evolving with you guys through each episode. Um, I tend to, I tend to internalize things and feel like I can't, like I guess voice the way how I feel sometimes, or that I'd rather not deal with things. Um, Like, it's, I'd rather just get over it and move past whatever's happening. But that's not healthy at all. Um, Brushing things in the rug is definitely not something that's healthy. It's toxic. It can become toxic, especially when you hold things back and internalize um, all your emotions that, that you should be processing and manifest into something else. You know, so for me, it's manifesting into a headache. It's manifesting into a migraine. Um, and then it affects my sleep because then I'm grinding my teeth at night. And then I wake up and then the whole process starts all over again with the migraine and with the headache. And then I have to spend most of my day trying to get rid of whatever it is that I'm feeling whether it's the migraine headache or the pain in my face because I've been grinding my teeth. I have to then step back and see what is stressing me out currently. Why am I feeling this way? And how can I get better? So like I said before, I have most of the time um, meditations helping. Journaling has been um, helping also. Um, so I either journal on my phone uh, because my phone's always on me, or I do journal in an actual journal and write it out and to actually see what what's bothering me. Um, and then I've been learning to let go control. And that's with everything in my life, with my kids, with my with my relationship, with my family, um, with life in general to I'm learning more to flow more with life rather than to force things to happen or to be so set on an actual outcome and I feel like I feel like the I need to be have the to feel less of a need to be perfect or that things need to be a certain way like will it matter in a year or like even smaller than that. Will it matter next week? Whatever I'm mad about, whatever I'm set on, will it matter in a week? Will it matter in a month? Will it matter in six months? 
Will it matter in a year? Will it matter in five years? Are the feelings that I'm feeling temporary? And most of the time they are. It's a matter of processing and and prioritizing what's important. And And so right now I'm at the point of where I'm prioritizing everything. So um, whether that's self-care and definitely putting myself first, because especially when you become a mom, you definitely do not put yourself first. And everything that that's for you gets put on the back burner. And it's everyone else's emotions, everyone else's problems is put in the forefront. And naturally, I'm a fixer and I'm a people pleaser. So I want everyone to be feeling okay. But when I'm worrying so much about everyone else, I'm the one that's not feeling okay. And I'm just starting to learn that now. You know, all like since it's, I mean, my oldest will be nine in February. So for that, for that long, already as it was before I had kids, I was someone who always was the problem solver in my family or um, the friend that everyone would lean on. Um, And I've noticed that whenever I would have problems or issues, I would lean on everyone or lean on some of my best friends or whoever it was or my cousin when the problem was already so big that I could not, I could not handle it anymore. Like verge of tears, um, anxiety, all of that. I was at the end of the wick already because I had been burning it for so long, you know, it it was it was not healthy and i've just noticed you know like i've been noticing that throughout my life how i processed um whatever it was i was going through i would process it when i was already fed up with it all and and i'm just choosing i've been choosing especially for this past year especially since the year started that I have to prioritize everything in my life. Like I have to see what matters. What am I going to take care of first? And definitely self-care is on the top of the list. And that's where this podcast comes comes in. Because I even just to start this podcast right now. Um, my brother is sitting in the next room. And I'm just... I'm just like mortified for him to like listen. <laughs> I'm mortified for him to hear me talking. And then also my husband too. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm so, so, I don't, I guess, embarrassed or shy. Okay, shy is a better word. Shy that I am doing something. And that's, and see, that's, that's a direct result of me not ever doing something for myself. So it's kind of weird um, for when people say, oh my God, congratulations on your podcast. And they, you know, either people are trying to tease me or like, just give me props or even mention it. Like, oh my God, that's so cool. How'd you do that? And I just automatically, cause after I'm done recording an episode, I post it, post it social media. And then, um, I kind of forget, like I go right back into being a mom right after I leave my room or leave my office. <laughs> So, so for me, it's still like, I don't know, I'm just super shy and I'm just, I guess I'm just not used to doing stuff for myself and that's pretty telling, you know? Um, so yeah, putting myself first. So self-care is definitely on the top of the list. Um, marriage you know, putting my relationship, I think that's something that my husband and I have done a pretty good job of over the years is putting our marriage first above our kids. Now that's pretty, you know, I guess controversial for people to hear, but, um, our theory is, is that when we focus on fixing us or making sure that we're strong, it helps us have a stronger 
foundation for our children. You know? Um, And then personal goals, kids, and my business. You know, just trying to see what's important. What do I really have to do? What don't I have to do? What will matter for the future? So I don't focus. I focus less on or get caught up in the micro of things using Gary V words and focusing on I you well I mean you gotta focus on both micro and macro but being caught up on being something exactly this one way and taking this path. So I'm choosing more now to take the path less traveled in order for everything to function in my life. You know, I don't have to go through certain situations if I don't need to. And that's what I'm learning. And and starting with, so the, doing the self-care, doing this therapy with myself, basically, I would love to one day be able to go to a therapist regularly because I just feel like that's something good for your mental health. Um, and then for someone like me, I don't really like to um, pour my problems onto other people. You know, like I really don't like doing that or I don't like to really talk about my problems. Um, but I'm learning that I have to ask for help and that asking for help is not a form of weakness asking help asking for help is um is something that's courageous and brave even when something as small as like i need to go do my nails can you please help me watch my watch the boys for an hour like that is just something that because for me, doing my nails is the ultimate. I feel so much better when I have a brand new set of nails. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that is self-care. And being able to ask for help in the areas that, you know, you need it. Especially when it's hard for you to even ask. Those That's brave. That's courageous. You know, like that stepping out of yourself in order to help yourself. Like, that is not a bad thing at all. Um, and then, like I said about, like, my marriage. So making our marriage and our happiness before I worry about my kids' happiness has definitely helped our relationship over the years. Um, because I knew, like, I had already seen, like, with relationships around me growing up, when you completely put your kids first... Eventually, they're going to grow up and move out. You know, like, eventually, they're going to grow up, become adults, and want to go out on their own, go off to college, or, you know, start their own family and do their own thing. You know, eventually, my kids are going to do that. And I saw growing up that, you know, relationships were, like, failing as soon as their kids left the house because they hadn't nurtured their relationship all those years when their kids were young. And eventually, it's just going to be my husband and I again. Um, When my kids go off to college, when my kids, you know, get big enough and want to go roll out on their own, it's going to be back to me and my husband again. And I want to have like the retirement and the vision that we see for ourselves when that kind of time comes is going to be so much fun. And that's something that, not that we always talk about it, but we, I kind of feel like we both have the same vision and I'm excited for those years to come. But then I'm also not waiting on that time either. My husband and I choose to have fun now and we try to make it a point to at least have now that they're older and they have like sports and things like that and we have a lot of family functions um it's a lot harder for us to get out on our own um but we do take vacations for the weekend or for like four days 
just him and I, at least once a year, twice a year, um, because that's what helps our relationship reboot. And we get to focus on just him and I, not necessarily I had to worry about my husband and then all my kids. No, no. Going on a vac- on a on a trip with my husband as an actual vacation, whether I was, you know, rather than going with my kids, that's a trip. You know, it's not really, not really relaxing going to going somewhere with my children. But um, we make that a priority and we try to make date night happen um, once or twice a month. Um, like I said, it's been hard because of the summer, but we really do try. Um, even with spending time by ourselves in our room when it's time to go to bed. Um, school's going to be starting soon, so it's going to be a lot easier doing it when my kids have an actual bedtime. Uh, but most of the time we watch our shows together, we're talking or whatever it is, but our, our time at night is our alone time, you know, or at least we try to be. Um, somebody tries to always sneak in hugs or ask us questions, you know, during that time. I mean, it's not a specific allotted time. My kids are not allowed in the room. Like, no, it's not like that. But like, it's, it's our time. We have our kids, we set them up for bed. And then after that, it's just me and him. And that's our time that we get to, um, you know, just enjoy each other's company. Cause I mean, it's going to start all over, um, the chaos of the day, the next day, you know? School, pickups, do all types of things, dinner, all you know, homework, sports, like, and then him coming home from work and doing all his things for his business. Like it, you know, it's, it's chaotic, but it's something that we have been able to work through all these years and to make sure that we have time for each other. Um, I went to a vow renewal one time with my mom and and it was for her friends that um, they had been married since they were 16 and they were celebrating 25 years of marriage already. And they were pretty young. I mean, because obviously they, they got married when they were young and the priest or the minister, whoever it was marrying them, um, said, asked her, asked her, asked the wife, my mom's friend, um, who do you love? more do you love your husband or do you love your children so of course she said I love my like I love them I love everybody but I mean I love my kids more and he was like why like you loved him you fell in love with him first and you fell and if it wasn't for falling in love with him first you wouldn't have had them and that is I mean I probably was what 12 when I heard that and I still remember that and I remember how powerful that was when I heard him say that because with my with my own parents my mom and dad are like best friends like I you know growing up I didn't have the best relationship with my dad but I saw how great of a husband he was to my mom and how they enjoy being with each other. And they like doing things on their own. Like, you know, like they like going to the mall together. They like grocery shopping together. Like my mom will not go grocery shopping without my dad. <laughs> like a trip to Costco or Sam's Club. She's not going without my dad, you know. And they'll get in each other's nerves. But then they're laughing just at, just as much as they get in each other's nerves, you know. Like, they have such a great marriage between the both of them. Um, and I think they just actually celebrated. I think it was 26, 27 years of marriage um, on August 1st. So I grew up with watching my mom and dad be in love with each other. And definitely that has been... Um, a big example for my husband and I. Um, because one of the things too is that uh, one of the things that my husband said to me, like when we first got together, because he, you know, my family, we grew up, I don't know, to me it was regular. We, you know, we sat down every night for dinner together. 
And one of the things that he liked coming over was that we did that, you know, that we sat down and ate dinner together because he didn't have that. Um, and I thought that was sweet that he even noticed that because I guess, you know, those are things that you take for granted, really. And I never really, like, noticed that, wow, so there's some people that don't have this growing up, you know? Because um, there's people that are even married but still don't have that type of relationship and they don't make it a point for their family to sit down and have dinner together and talk to each other and have that, you know, quality family time. Um, and, I, you know, I was blessed to grow up with that. And not just that, but I grew up with a lot of strong relationships around me. I spent most of the time <clears throat> with my Filipino side of my family so my grandmothers and my grandmother and my grandfather, I was with them every single day of my life up until I was 15 when they passed. And just seeing unconditional love in front of me every single day, like that definitely builds up, you know, like great examples in my mind, you know. So I, we make it a point. To fill up our relationship with love and respect and communication. Because it will flow, it will pour over onto our kids. You know, that gives them a good foundation, at least in our, our opinion. For them, you know. Because um, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard when you especially sometimes you get lost in in the hustle and bustle of having kids but you don't want to neglect your spouse or your partner um, along the way. You know, you have to do it as a team. And I feel like my husband and I, we definitely have worked at it. It's not, It hasn't been easy. Of course not. We do not have the perfect relationship. But it's perfect in our, in our eyes. You know what I mean? With all the flaws and everything else. Um, because we are both Virgos. So arguments are, how, how does my husband like to say it? He calls them intense conversations. You know, sometimes we have a lot of those. And I mean, we've been with each other for almost 11 years. It'll be 11 years this year. Married for six. So definitely have been through some things, but we always come back to what's important and that's each other and making sure that we're good and as long as we're good our kids will be good and that's just our theory on how we run our family and I think we've been doing a pretty decent job so far um because I mean it is hard juggling kids um and then for me being a stay-at-home mom it has definitely been probably the biggest challenge in my whole life um, because there's no, there's no handbook for this, you know, there's no guidebook. You could ask everybody for advice, but what's going to work for your family is going to work for your family. And it's not going to be what works for me and my husband and my kids is probably not going to work for somebody else, you know? Um, so to each their own and you have to find your own, you know, your own stride in your own way. And for me, this is how we've been dealing with it. And <clears throat> the plan when we when we started having kids was that I, you know, we were gonna work. It was that I was gonna work. I never asked to be a stay at home mom. It kind of, it just kind of happened that way. I was working uh, when my firstborn. I was working up until he was six months old, and that was because I had um, a brain hemorrhage at work. And then I kind of just never went back to work. And and then life just kept happening, you know. Um, we bought our first house. I got pregnant again. And, you know, and it's been, you know, obviously an amazing journey since then. Um, but, you know, it's just weird how, how life works. And then when you're on a path that you're supposed to be on. Because the plan was that I was supposed, you know be a working mom. It wasn't, it was never, you know, never I told my husband that I was like, oh, I'm going to stay home and I want to not work, you know? And it's cool if you were able to, you know, have a conversation and be able to say that to your spouse and you're able, you guys are able to afford that, you know? Um, at the time we didn't, but then 
my husband was just like, hey, you don't have to go back to work. And then we ended up and his and as that was happening, his career was taking off and it has been an amazing whirlwind since then. So when we bought our first home, we're from a part in Southern California called the Harbor Area. And my husband's from Wilmington and I'm from Carson. And we moved about a whole hour away, bought our first house in Corona, and that's the Inland Empire. And it is just completely different out there. Definitely not what I was used to. So it was a culture shock being out there. Not, I mean, it was like a complete life change. I went from being like, you know, a career woman, having a career in the fashion industry, and then being a working mom to being staying at home for 12 to 14 hours a day while my husband was at work in a completely different area that I was used to and far away from all my family and all my friends. So it was it was rough. It was rough on me mentally for all those years because not only that, like, you know, when you have kids, especially when you have your first one, your body changes and I mean everything chemically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything changes once you have a baby. Um and then I'm moving to a place where I have nobody else to talk to but this little baby. It was that was hard. And then navigating being a wife and a stay at home mom for a first time, that was intense, you know? Um, thank God back then that I had like Skype or like Skype or FaceTime at that time, because I don't know what I would have done if I couldn't be able to see my mom and dad and talk to them. I think if we were, I was talking to them almost every single day, um, because it was that hard for me and definitely some, a lot of my relationships took a toll, like friendships and stuff like that. Um, just because I was not around and it was also, but it was also one of the biggest blessings in our lives because not, you know, not only did, you know, we're over here starting our family and we're able to buy our first home, but it made it, it made it so that my husband and I only had each other to lean on. So those four years of us living in the IE definitely brought my husband and I closer we had nowhere else to go you know like we had nobody else to lean on but each other and we had to figure it out and those were some pretty um some pretty you know difficult times like a lot of good times but difficult times because not only did I have um two kids 18 months apart but you know we're I'm I'm trying to learn how to be a good wife, learn how to be a good mom and not, and that, and then that was it. Like, that's all I had to do. And I was, I, I mean, I'm blessed beyond measure because I know that there's so many moms that want to stay home. And then I also, you know, so good props for the ones that, you know, choose not to and want to go to work. Like I am about supporting every type of mom no shame here on what you decide to do. Um, I give props to working moms, stay at home moms, moms that work from home, you know, every type of mom I stand with you there because especially nine years ago, there was none, none of this, um, talk of, um, women coming to the forefront of mom shaming and all the mommy guilt, like nobody, nobody back then was talking about this stuff. It was all, it was nothing but mom shaming. You know what I'm saying? Talking crap about women that would choose to stay home, talking crap about women that would choose to work. You know, it was never like what it is now. I feel like you're able to talk about so much more now and be able to, um, be able to, um, I guess, support each other now, you know, especially on Instagram and all that and Facebook. There would be so much mom shaming, especially back then. Uh, but there's so much more support and so much more empowerment and so much more 
um, women supporting each other now than there was back then, at least it feels like. So for me, um, I had to deal with a lot of that mom shaming back then, um, because a lot of my friends and family worked and, you know, it would be catty remarks like, you know, at least you're able, you know, at least you don't have to work all day. Or, um, there was some really nasty ones that people would tell me, um, well, it's easy for you to say you don't work, you know, like stupid, stupid comments like that all the time that people thought they could just roll off, you know, roll off my back. But obviously, you know, hey, it still affects me till today. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions too about being a stay at home mom. Um, I'm definitely not at home drinking champagne all day. Definitely not having play dates all day long. It is, I am ultimately blessed and so beyond grateful that I have been able to stay with all of my children for this long um, and be there for them for every waking moment. I am so, and will always be thankful to my husband for that because he works so hard for us every single day. Um, and he's given me a life that, given my kids and I a life that has been amazing. You know, like it's, it's I mean, it's, it hasn't always been like, um, you know, it's like every normal relationship, we have our ups and our downs, but it, we have had a blessed life since we've got it with each other 11 years ago. And I'm, well, I love him so much and just so thankful for all that he does for us every single day. And I don't think he understands how much I appreciate all that he does. Um, I, what I did notice, um, cause there's, I'm, like I said, there's a lot more moms talking about postpartum depression now. There's a lot more moms talking about, or women talking about mental health now. Mental health is out in the forefront and is not taboo like it used to be. I remember, you know, a cousin-in-law of mine was going through some tough times when she had her first child. And I remember how, not that my fam- my family um, was making fun of her, but that, like, oh my god, she said she's having postpartum depression, what the hell is that, like, that is, that was not around when we were younger, you have a baby, and you just deal with it, like, you know, like, mental health is definitely, was definitely taboo 10 years ago, and I'm just glad that people are talking about it now, because you need, you need to talk about these things. There's a lot of people that have issues that could easily be worked out as long as if they were able to talk about it. And there's a lot of misconceptions about, I mean, about both, about the the mom shame that a lot of working women have to deal with, the being able to balance work and kids. I mean, because men, men don't really have to deal with that. You know, men are not required to figure out how to juggle working and kids, you know, and then moms, the stay at home moms, a lot of the misconceptions is that we're having a grand old time at home doing absolutely nothing. And most of the time it's lonely. It's isolating and you suffer from cabin fever so many times a year, you know, like however long you're dealing with your kids at home, it is definitely isolating, especially when you're the only adult in the house at the time and you're dealing with all these kids, even when it was just one kid, like it is taxing emotionally because you have no physical contact with another adult until your spouse comes home. (laughs) so I used to be like the puppy waiting at the window when my husband would come home and I would just talk his ear off and I'd be like oh my god he just came home or I would be at my wits end by the time he came home like to the verge of giving up and it's like he just had a hard day at work too you know um but also too he had to understand that my my job I don't get no 15 minute breaks. I don't get no 10 minute breaks. I don't get no lunch break. You know, it's hard for me to even go take a shower. At least back then, it was so hard for me to take a shower 
Um, because you think that your kid, you know, something's going to happen to your kids when you're in the shower, you know, like you cannot have a waking moment by yourself when you have children, especially when they get older. When they're little infants, it's easier because, hey, they don't really move. They're not trying to kill themselves. They're not trying to get into something that's, um, you know, they're not supposed to. Um, so it is hard, definitely, definitely, definitely hard on me when I was first staying at home by myself because I legit was in a brand new, in a brand new place with these brand new babies and trying to figure it all out. Trying to get dinner on the table before my husband came home. Trying to clean up the house that keeps on getting messed up because my kids were just normal kids and tearing up the house like usual. It was just a balance that I had to learn. And I kind of feel like until now, I finally have, you know, like a whole eight years later, I finally have a hold on it, you know? Mind you, we're moved into a completely different city and closer to family. And my kids are have two out of the three are in school most um, for most of the day. And only until now do I feel like I have a, a hold on it. <laughs> but now we're going into a different um, stage in our life where we're consumed with school and sports and tutoring and all these extracurricular activities. And now I'm a taxi driver and now I'm a coach and now... I'm a laundress and I'm doing all this stuff for my kids, you know, like, and I love every single minute of it. And I'm so blessed that I'm able to do so. Um, and it's also hard to navigate now in this culture that we're in, especially in social media, that your life is depicted in this little square. And a lot of people choose to put only the good only the good parts of their life into that little square. So on Instagram, you see nothing but perfect moms with the perfect kids and the perfect house and the clean house and all the babies that have the same matching outfit and all of them are smiling. And it's hard. I mean, I could only imagine what it is now to be a mom during this era. Well, I don't even want to say era because I know that social media is here to stay. Um, the way how we have evolved as a culture that that now you depict your life for others to see and you only choose to put the parts that look good. So, you know, when you're having a bad day and you open up Instagram, that could be hard for you to see others having, you know, a good little square with the perfect kids, smiling kids, with a mom who looks the greatest, that is hard to see when you're having a rough day. So I could only imagine what a lot of brand new stay-at-home moms or moms in general, you know what I'm saying? Like that's hard to look at because you're then comparing yourself to that little square of somebody else's life. But you don't know what's happening in the background. But what are we seeing? the absolute perfect family in that little square. And that's hard. That's hard for your your mental health, you know what I mean? You know, that's hard to see, especially after you've had a bad day. So you've had a bad day or you're, you know, you're you're struggling to just keep with life, to keep up with life. Because, hey, that happens sometimes and it's okay to feel like that. It's okay to not always be okay. It's okay to not always have everything figured out. It's okay to go through a season or a period in your life where, hey, this is rough and this is tough for me to deal with. And you're just trying to you're just trying to survive through it all. Um, so I had had a conversation with my friends a couple, couple months ago. And, um, you know, a lot of us follow, especially on our social medias, a lot of, a lot of people follow a lot of people who they don't like. 
and if okay if you're if you don't do that that's amazing for you but the, there was a couple of accounts on my feed that would just be so annoying when they would pop up and it would be like detrimental to my like what the what what am I following these people for like why like why am I doing that it bothers me every time you have the ability to block and to unfollow and if that's what's better like especially if you feel like man like I feel bad every time this this account comes up you need to unfollow them just for your mental health. You don't need to be comparing yourself to anybody's life. You don't need to be um, knowing about anything about someone who you don't like. You know what I'm saying? If you talk crap about them, you definitely should not be following them. I choose to fill my feed with positivity and things that inspire me. Um, And I got rid of everybody who I don't, I don't want to see. I don't want to, I choose not to consume accounts and things on my feed that don't make me feel great or don't make me feel positive about certain things. Um, You got to watch your mood when you're exposed to certain information and accounts on social media. See what it makes you feel like. Does it make you feel good? Is Is this account inspiring? Do they post things? that uplifts you are you choosing to hold on to this account because you want to see what's going on like those are toxic um toxic behaviors choose to fill up your feed with things that make you feel good things that inspire you um my lush paper account is so good because almost every every post is like encouraging words and that has made such a that has helped my mood and 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 my psyche so much um because i'm seeing nothing but awesome shit all day long whenever i open my phone it's a a positive inspirational post you can have that too go through your feed show look what's posting look what's um look um try to focus on how you feel when you see The accounts are following. Do you feel good or do you feel bad? You have the ability to um, curate your feed. You really do. Um, And I choose choose to gravitate to the positive, to gravitate towards the things that make me feel good. Um, Because I know that when I focus on... Um, the vibration and the energy that I'm giving out, I notice how much of my day is changing or how much my how much my mood changes during the day um, when I'm feeling good or how much um, or how much my day's improving just by with the thoughts and the feelings and the energy that's um, that's flowing through me all day long. And not that it's all cherries, you know, cherries and daisies every single day. It's definitely, you know, do, every, you know, everybody has their tough days and their good days and their bad days. But I chose to focus on the good rather than the bad. You know, I choose to look at life as a glass half full. And that has been... That has helped me leaps and bounds, especially since the year has started. Because what you resist persists. So if in your life you feel like just things are not going right, try to dissect what's making you feel these things. How can you process those emotions? What is... What is feeling that way doing to you on a daily basis? Choose to see the hard part of your life. And then try to see how you could fix that. Now it takes courage to also know that you cannot change certain things. But you can reprogram your brain 
to help you deal with those situations and to pivot and to shift your life and adapt. You can. So instead of saying that every day is a struggle, I choose to say that every day I'm striving. I'm alive and I'm here, but I'm not just surviving. I'm thriving in this life because every day above ground is a blessing. It is a gift from the divine to be alive today. Like what I thought would have killed me didn't. You know, like growing up with a hard relationship with my dad, it didn't kill me. Being 10 years old and hearing that my older brother was brutally murdered and would never be coming home again, I'm still here. It didn't kill me. You know, watching my grandmother, one of the strongest people that I'd ever know, I've ever known, take her last breath when I was 14, it didn't kill me. Going through some tough relationships and being cheated on when I was a young, you know, a young woman, I thought my heart would bro- would be broken forever. But it wasn't. And now I'm with the love of my life. It didn't, you know, it didn't kill me. Going through some tough relationships, or no, um, going through those tough relationships made me stronger. You know, watching my cousin dying from cancer for a whole year. I felt like, I felt like I could not handle that. Every single day I would get off the phone with her. Probably one of the most saddest points in my life. And I was planning my wedding at that time. I'm still here. It didn't kill me. I'm not just surviving in this life. I'm thriving in it. Because I choose to see it that way. I choose every day to see the good in it all instead of the bad. Because my life is good. My life is the biggest blessing. And every day above ground is an absolute blessing. No matter how good or um, how, or how bad or how good or how hard... Every day is a blessing. It is definitely not perfect. And it's definitely not what I had planned. But when you're flowing and forcing, I mean, flowing instead of forcing, good things will come to you when you choose to focus on the good things. Now, I'm not saying, like, forget about your problems or wishful thinking or you know, being oblivious to what's going on in your life. No. But to know that even in the bad situations that you will survive this and it will be okay, you're exactly right. Same thing goes with, I'm not going to survive this. This is not going to be right. Like this, everything's going wrong. When you declare it like that, you're right. So I choose to declare my life that we will always figure it out. No matter how hard the situation is, we will be okay and more than okay. We will have more than we need and we'll be absolutely fine the way how we've always been. And yes, shit's hard. Yes, I'm busy. Yes, every day isn't a good day. Yes, we have bills. Yes, we have student loans. Yes, you have debt. Yes, you don't feel good. But I choose to see the good in it all and to believe that everything will be more than fine. And I know and believe that my life is and will always be amazing because I choose to see it that way. Because I didn't die when I thought I couldn't survive any of those situations. I'm still here. A whole 31 years later.
I'm blessed and so tremendously grateful for life. I'm blessed with the love of my life. I'm blessed with the biggest blessings I could ever have asked for in my children. I'm blessed with an incredible family and so many supportive friends. I am blessed beyond measure. And I wish that for all of you listening right now, that you choose to see the good that's happening in your life and know that you will survive whatever it is that you're going through or whatever that you're feeling right now is only temporary. Feelings are only ever temporary and you will get through it, whatever it is. I definitely went longer on this podcast episode. Um, I hope I made I hope I made sense. I really tried to stay on track, and I really hope I made sense. And I I am so thankful that I get to do this every week because it definitely helps me process all the good in my life, process all the bad. And keep on evolving into this person that I want to be to or that I am and that I'm choosing to become every single day. And I thank you so much for listening. And that is episode three. And I'm so excited that that this episode is done and that you are here listening with me and I, and that you choose to stay and listen for the whole 51 minutes. <laughs> Thank you so much, and I wish for everyone listening a blessed, blessed day. See you guys next week.